Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello and welcome to the Be Your Own Boss podcast on the Carl Reader Show. And today I'm delighted to be joined by yet another survivor. Now, most of us in business seem to be survivors, but this guy survived the Dragon's Den. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Carl. How are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. Now, I've referred to you as James, but most of you will know his surname immediately. Um, James Cadbury. Tell us, who, who is James? Uh, so, I'm James Cadbury. I am the founder of Love Coco. Um, lots of people, I think you're referring to my surname, so uh, James is quite a, a common name, so <laughs> it probably uh, is the surname. So, yeah, my great-great-great-grandfather, triple great, um, he set up Cadbury's Chocolate uh, back in 1824. It used to be a little family business. They just started with teas and coffees and eventually hot chocolates. And uh, from that, they grew, grew a huge business. So I think that's what you're referring to. Absolutely. Okay, so chocolate has always been in the blood, so to speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, when they set up, it was uh, it was a tiny little business. Um, did groceries and um, they started to do hot chocolates and those hot chocolates were super popular at the time. I think they had copied the Spanish who uh, basically went over to South America and stole all these cocoa beans and they made these really posh hot chocolate drinks in the cafes in Madrid. And uh, Cadbury's heard about this and they decided, right, let's, let's put these uh, hot chocolates in our, in our, in our cafe. And they're really successful, um, but they wanted to have something which customers could take away. Um, at the time, people were making chocolate bars, uh, but nothing was was great. It was very bitter. People used to put brick dust and all sorts of horrible things in, in the chocolate back then. So uh, Cadbury's decided to uh, invest all, all their money in, into trying to develop a bar and hire the best chemist in the UK. And they really developed something which was better than anything else in the market at the time. Um, and from that, they sort of grew from yeah, a, a small little cafe shop to a you know a global a global empire yeah exactly it was only 50 years really it was a, it was a real real quick um wow yeah so okay. from from the first like chocolate bar um you know from the, when they bought this press they went over to holland and it was george cabri bought this press didn't word, know a word of a uh, dutch but he went over to holland and communicated with this guy called conrad van Alten and uh, basically he was like all right i need this this machine and it basically made the coke a lot purer than it was and that, that ever had been really so um from that they they really sort of took off and within 50 years they had uh, you know, a huge factory in in, in bourneville and they were a yeah, global player so emperor as you said so yeah so it's a really fascinating story and the backbone of that as well which i'm really fascinated about which you know i'm inspired by is just the way they set it up in, in the right way yes. uh you know social responsibility is you know big now um but back when they were doing business no one you know cared to be honest but they were you know probably 200 years ahead of their time because it was the backbone it was all about the personnel they were they had the meals for employees they had um, they, they they encouraged them to play uh, you know, sports and um, you know that's that's getting bigger and bigger in a workplace now but Cadbury's actually did that like 150 years ago which is yeah it's crazy really fantastic so we're going to go back to the story in a minute but I've got a question that's come to mind and like I'm a curious guy I like to when, when something comes to my mind I have to ask it um, do you think that the Cadbury's journey can be replicated uh, it'd be very hard I think you know no in a short answer no I mean, it's a, it was a phenomenal success story wasn't it, it was yeah just, I mean um, they one in a million yeah I think so I think it's 
back then as well, they, I mean, they, they built the, the factory for their employees and you know, stuff like they built a hell of a lot of land uh, in, in Birmingham. I think they used to own you know, quite a big percentage actually. And sure. to, to be able to do that, it's just not possible these days. So uh, I think it would be yeah, near on impossible, I'm sure. You know, you could replicate a new version, um, and that's what we're trying to do. But um, you know, to do the the global scale, um, you know, product which they've got now to to do that, um, the way Cabbage has done it, um, would be very hard. Okay, so I'm conscious you might not know the answer to this, but to um, to really paint a picture for the listeners, um, the 50 years they went from um, just a very small operation. Do you know roughly sort of numbers or number of countries that they were in or anything along those sorts of lines within 50? Uh, so basically, the, the company started in 1824, yep. um, and um, it was basically run by um, John Cadbury, um, sure. and uh, it wasn't really going anywhere too far, and that she was losing money. Um, then he got ill, and then it was his okay. two uh, young sons who took over the business, which was uh, George and Richard, sons who took over the business, which was over in around uh, you know, in 1850s, um, 1860s, and then uh, by the time that George, sorry, George went over and got the press, and from there, they really, really grew. So they in 10 years, they, they had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They, they had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They, they had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They, they had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They, they had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They, they had their own factory. Shop. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. 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 Uh, 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 in Bourneville, they had their own factory. 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 Uh, in Bourneville, they had their own factory. Shop. Uh, in Bourneville, they had their own factory. Shop. Uh, in Bourneville, they had their own factory. 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 Shop. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. Shop. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. 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 Shop. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. Shop. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. 
sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory. Uh, in Bourneville, 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 they had their own factory. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. Sure. Uh, in Bourneville, they had their own factory. Sure. Uh, in Bourneville, they had their own factory. Sure. Uh, in Bourneville, they had their own factory. Sure. Uh, in Bourneville, they had their own factory. Sure. Uh, in Bourneville, they had their own factory. 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 In Bourneville, they had their own factory.
shop uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory 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 shop in Bourneville. They had their own factory shop in Bourneville. They had their own factory shop in Bourneville. They had their own factory. Shop uh, in Bourneville, they had their own factory. 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 Shop. 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 In Bourneville, they had their own factory. 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 Shop. 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 In Bourneville, they had their own factory. 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 Shop. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. In Bourneville, they had their own factory. Shop. 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 In Bourneville, they had their own factory. 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 
sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory sure. uh, in Bourneville. They had their own factory in Bourneville. They had their own factory in Bourneville. They had their own factory in Bourneville. They had their own factory. Shop in Bourneville, 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 they had their own factory. 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 Little brown bags or things. So Cadbury's the first to use colour, and you know we've loved cocoa. We we try and you know source the best quality ingredients and have nice colourful packaging, which is you know engaging and fun and yeah. And it shouts that you are in a different marketplace to Cadbury's, and that's nothing against Cadbury's, but Cadbury's cream eggs I'm a sucker for. You know those multi packs. I can demolish them without a breath in between. Oh well. We've just we've just launched the the dream egg actually. Really. Which is super super premium cream egg sort of thing. So wow. We've we. We launched those and within a couple of days they sold out and so we need to make sure and work out how we can scale it a bit more. So they were expensive but the, the quality were amazing actually. We've got a chocolatier who's working on them today uh, and tomorrow and uh, we're only producing I think 75 packs of four so but they're the most amazing. They've all got yolks as well so you are biting and you've got the yolk and one of the yolks is passionate fruit, one's hazelnut. Um, one's gin and tonic, and then wow. the other one, what's the other one? I can't think of what the other one is, but they're all, they're all super, super amazing. Salt so, caramel, yeah. So you're clearly in a different um, positioning in the market. Um, I mean, the packaging is cardboard, it's, it's quite heavy duty. You know, you know that you're buying a quality product. Um, where do you see the long term for the brand? Where, where do you see it going? Uh, we just want to continue to grow. We grew 400% the last year um, and we're going to raise some money in the next couple of months. Um, and we just, you know, see where it takes us. But, you know, the online space is, is where we, we want to grow. Um, you know, lots of big department stores are, you know, closing down, um, which is, you know, a shame. Um, so I think there's, gonna, there's a bit of a gap when there's, there's a few of those, you know, do fall beside wayside then I think there's going to be you know, more opportunity especially in gifting if we hit a recession you know chocolate is actually re- you know, really good in recession yes. and people sort of the lipstick law isn't it yeah exactly so rather than buying their wife a you know some new sunglasses or whatever it might be they can still pick up a luxury chocolate box uh, for you know 20 quid so that's where we see potential growth and you know with a recession in the future then in, and just with just with the high street change and I think it's going to be there are going to be opportunities in the in the high street, and you know we'd love to you know be a direct consumer model, um, you know own that ownership with the with the, the customer. And I think it's really key um, for us to, to continue to grow. Really fantastic. So we've talked, uh, we touched on funding. Um, how has the business funded so far? 
so we did some crowdfunding. Uh, so we did that back in nearly, uh, November 2017. So one half years ago, nearly. Okay. Um, uh, and do you mind me asking which platform you used? Yeah, yeah, we used Cedars. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so we used Cedars, and we got 195 investors, I think it was, and we raised uh, just under 200 grand in, I think it was two weeks, three weeks. We could have probably doubled that if we continued to go. Sure. Um, but at the time, that's all the money we needed and all I wanted to, you know, to, to wanted. Um, that's really helped us grow since when we, when we grew that, our revenue was, you know, really, really small. It's just literally just when we started. Uh, I think the first year we did 50 grand. Um, and then since that, we've grown with that money, we've grown, you know, over 10 times that, that amount. So Fantastic. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, great to get us where we are. Um, we're only still a small team, there's only four of us, but, um, you know, we're really ready to sort of scale it now and just you know spend the money on marketing, get people knowing about the brand and create new products. And I, th I think this is going to be you know real opportunity in the future with you know, chocolate. People associate it with you know unhealthy. Um, so I think the the sort of high street chocolate might sort of way slowing down. But I think the sort of if you want to eat something bad, then there's definitely a move to premiumization yes. in chocolate as well as you know most products. I think if you can do something naughty, you want to you know you want sure to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you want yeah. you want to make the most of those calories. Yeah. So um, so funny. So you did the crowdfunding and then the Dragon's Den. Yeah, yeah. So you survived the den. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, yeah God, that was, um, was a year ago, actually. So we did yeah, so that. So how, how did you get in touch with the program, first of all? Um, they got in touch with us, actually. So okay. um, a researcher was uh, apparently bought a bar, and she really liked it. And then she read the story on the back, and she, she, she basically got in touch. I wasn't sure if it's wind up and then, because uh, I think she just rang down she got my number. But um, and she was like, oh, do you want to come on and... Uh, do the audition, so I was like, um, yeah, well, you know, well, I was, was a bit unsure actually. I was like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Then I was like, all right, I might as well do the audition. And you literally go into a room, I think it's two of them there, and there's a camera rolling, and they just you do like a one minute pitch. Sure. Um, so I prepared it, you know, probably the night before, and just went in there and gave it, and they're like, yeah, that's great, we'll send it to producers. Uh, if they like it, they will invite you on, and they're like, great, yeah. You you pass the, the producer's test, so they mm. want you. So, so at that stage, um, obviously you'd, you'd gone through the audition, but not proactively. Uh, was your head turned by the potential for investment and a big name behind it? Um, I guess the, the main reason we went on was, like a lot of people, was probably the PR. So it's you know you get to tell people about your brand for ten minutes on you know, national TV. Um, you know, Dragon's Den. I think there's two million viewers, and there's lots of people watching on Catch Up, and it's, then it's on twice a year. I think so. We we just saw that as a, a great opportunity, and then whatever comes of it, you know, is great. But we, we, when I went on, I was really unsure. Um, and then even the sort of day before the actual program um, or the, the recording of the program, I was, I was a little bit unsure, but I was like, you know what, live once, give it a go. Sure. Um, you know, if I look stupid, look stupid, but you know, it'll go straight so, quickly. So you did it. So on the day, how, how, how did it run on the day? Yeah, so it's quite, um, it's, it's basically up in Salford in Manchester. They yep. got BBC Studio there and you, you get there uh, the night before. They put you up in a hotel, then uh, 6 a.m. they come and collect you, so it's an early start. And I think I it was the first sunshine of last year, so I went out with my girlfriend for a beer and uh, probably had one too many. And then we had some... Was it, so this was March last year? Yeah, uh, March, April, I think. Do you know, um, I remember the day you were talking about, it was an extraordinarily sunny day. Yeah. I was delivering a keynote session at the business show oh, that really? was in Manchester at the time, yeah. and about 25 people turned up. Because it was sunshine in Manchester. Yeah, yeah, it was literally. It must have been that day. And a freak day. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So I was alright. Be rude not to you know, calm the nerves. But then we sure. went to some Chinese food, and I think it was a bit salty, and I couldn't sleep, and uh, I kept waking up needing a drink. And um, so then they wake you up at six o'clock. So I didn't have a good night's sleep. I was there for six. 
you basically set up your little, um, you have like a little table which you set up, they help you set it up, they still say yes, or you need to move little bits around. And I was quite nervous, I was just like, I've set it up, but do what you want sort of thing. Sure. It's an ask and I was getting a bit frustrated. But anyway, they, then they you, you do that, then it's probably eight o'clock and you're sort of ready to go, but the dragons don't get until 10. Mm. Um, so I think you do a few rehearsed walkthroughs and stuff like that, and they film you, um, and then by nine o'clock you're sort of ready to go. And um, from what I understand, it's a bit of a, um, a bit of a treadmill and you're on and off and the dragons from what I understand from a dragon who I won't mention their name but they actually don't have any preparation or knowledge of who you are before you walk through yeah I think that's right yeah they, they don't they make sure they can't see you as well so you, you're not allowed to go outside it's a bit annoying because it's sunny again and uh, you're in the you're just waiting and they don't tell you when you're actually going to go on so we were there for you know quite a while, sort of waiting to, to go on. I think we didn't get on until 6 p.m. at night, so it was, okay. a, it was a bit of a wait. Um, but you know, it, was, it was great, it gave me an opportunity to, to practice my, sure. my pitch. I kept on practicing, practicing, practicing. And then literally, just before I went on, um, I was with my researcher, um, and she was look, been looking after me, and I was like, can I practice one more time? And I completely forgot it. And I was like, oh God, what have I, what have I signed up for here? <laughs> and then quickly they push you into the, to the lift. Um, then I was in there, they were in there for quite a while and there's lots of cameras and lights and you can hear the dragons getting ready and I was getting a bit hot and I was like, oh God, what have I done? Thinking, uh, big boy pants on. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah. oh, I might just do one. <laughs> go, go left rather go right. And the doors swing open and you have like a little cross on the floor you need to just go and stand at and deliver the pitch for three minutes. And luckily all the dragons were smiling and it just gave me confidence. I think if they were looking angry, um, or uninterested, which they could have, because it was you know they've been there for twelve hours. Sure. They, uh, that might have thrown me, sort of thing. So, thankfully, so I'm, they uh, helped you feel confident. You delivered your pitch. Yeah. My understanding then is that the questions are far harsher than you see on TV. Um, uh, they weren't too bad to me. Okay, they, so it's a dragon making himself sound scary then. <laughs> I think so. I think I think I thought they were really nice. To me. Okay. So uh, there's a few questions they asked about uh, Cadbury's and IP and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, I thought. They, they were all, you know, it was all questions I was expecting. I mean, sure. it's just one of those things you've got to prepare for and prepared every single question they could answer. So, for example, the sales, um, I think the first question, I think it was Deborah, she asked me something. I just went off and just reeled out all the sales figures and all that sort of stuff that I know people get fall up, uh, sort of get caught up on. And, uh, and then she just, just like, uh, she sort of smiled and she's like, oh, you've uh, watched the show before. I was, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, and that didn't ask me anything else more about sales after Brilliant. that. So it was, that was great. And then, yeah, you're there for about an hour answering different questions. And, um, and yeah, it was all generally really positive. And um, they do edit it around a little bit after, but it's, you know, it's TV, it's what you expect. Yeah, so um, in terms of the editing process, um, you know, I've, I've been involved in some TV before, so I know kind of how this works. Did the end product match with your experience of the Dragon's Den? Um, was it a good was it a good summary of what I think it's probably delivered? quite a good probably a good summary I've, there's a few things I'd have liked them to keep in I remember sure. I mean Tucker said he was out uh, but he had like a big speech by why he was going to go out and I, I remember sort of saying um, I'm just going to address it I was saying Tucker he was already out something but I was like Tucker I just want to you know, say something and he was like no I'm out and I was like actually I'm going to address it to everybody else and he sort of it was quite after that so I was quite happy but he was super nice actually he was the nicest after he sort of after okay. he, he gave me a a bit of a hug, I think, and he's uh, well done sort of thing, so I, I did, did like him. Um, yeah. Fantastic. So, um, by the way, the dragon I, I was talking about um, wouldn't have been the dragon on the panel. Um, so you were offered investment? Yeah, yeah, so we got um, offered, so Tej made an offer quite quickly on, on the TV actually. They moved it around, so it was, it was yes. uh, later on. But he made an offer quite quickly. 
Um, but it was four times the, the equity we wanted to give away and we already actually reduced the, the valuation because again, the Dragons, I've seen the show and they always go on about valuation. So yes. we were like, right, let's just keep it the same as crowdfunding. And um, you know, if we think that's a fair valuation, um, but they, they wanted four times it. Then Peter Jones as well, he, he made the same offer. Um, then we were negotiating for a while and they were saying what they could add and stuff like that. Um, then Tej said, oh, well, I'll reduce this to 15% if, I can, if you give me the money back. Um, and I, was, I really didn't know what to do with that. I was like, I can't really accept any deal here, but you know what, let's, 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 let's accept it and just you know, talk about it because there's lots of negotiations and sure. it's, it's not a legal agreement. It's literally them telling what they can offer and you, you know, telling you about the business. So there's due diligence on both sides. Of and course. I just, I just felt after that some of the stuff you know, he could potentially help with um, you know, didn't equate to giving away four times the amount of business. And so. bearing bear in mind, it's not binding at that point. It's, yeah. um, it's, a, it's a spoken agreement and a handshake, but it's not a full um, investment contract. It's for contract. the TV. It's just for the TV. It is. However, um, in yourself, I mean, I, I, I'm just asking out of curiosity here, did you feel the tension as if it was a binding offer? No, no. Okay, no. You, I think, you felt I th relaxed I at think, that stage. Uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of deals feel free. I have no idea the, the number, but I think either party pull out quite a lot, mm. I think. It's because a, you see, you see it's as just, a you viewer... You've got to do, you got to do due, due diligence on each other. It's but you see as a viewer that people fall apart at the offer stage and sometimes don't know which way to go. Yeah, no, I, I really didn't know which way to go. And, but I think there's so much pressure on you and there's so many people you know, looking at you and the little drags and all the cameramen and uh, the lights are on you and it's you know, easy to say yes and you know, it's good for TV, I guess. And it's, it, you can work out after. And, you know, we, did, we did meet Tej twice um, and super nice guy, he's a you know, real gentleman. Um, and he gave me some friendly advice and we, we left it at that. It just didn't make sense for, for me to give away okay. that, that amount. So, of, so where... And it was quite a, lot, it was quite a bit of time after. We were negotiating for a while. Okay. Um, and by that, we, you know, we were won some big deals so it was like the, you know, the valuation changed they were, you know so it's yeah it's, it's tricky so the value the value of a business changed with activity afterwards um talk, talk me through if you don't mind the um the time scales after the show so you, know, you go home um you've you think Phew, you know um did, didn't embarrass myself on tv hopefully provided the edit's okay yeah um, that's what i've heard some people have uh, yeah. Slipped up on the editing. Oh, right? they really have. They really have. What, what happened afterwards? So you go home that night. Um, when, when did you hear from the Dragon? So yeah, I remember getting the train home. Uh, it was quite a late train from Manchester. Yes. We must have finished about eight o'clock. So I went to the train station and got a few beers yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to relax. And um, I didn't hear them from for about two weeks. And um, by then we actually had a, won some... Yeah, some new stockists and some big supermarkets were interested as well. So, and then we go in and meet, and it, it did take the time. It did take a bit of time. I think, depending on which dragon it is, they can be a bit quicker. And it depends. There's lots of different factors. I think. Of course. I think it depends when you're going to be aired as well. So, we didn't get aired till December. Um, so there's like less less of the worry for them to sort of get that one out as quick as possible. Sure. But if you're so most of the filming is done in, I think, March, April, then they start the season in September. So it, I guess it depends on you know, the Dragon's priorities. It could be, you know, they speak to you next day if they want to, you know, seal that deal, I guess. Um, whereas some of them take a bit longer, so it's... Of course. So, okay, so um, negotiations happened, deal was offered. Was the paperwork as you expected it? We didn't get to that stage. So, okay. Yeah, so we didn't okay. get to that stage. So it was, no, it was, we never, it was... We were still asking questions. They're asking questions about the business, about our margins, about our revenue. They're doing new diligence, and we were asking, you know, what can you, you know, we've reduced this, you know, equity by four times. You know, what, what can you, you bring? And um, you know, some of the stuff was, 
didn't add any value. So okay. it was just like, you know, we've already got people in place for certain things which they could have helped with. And, you know, it just, you know, after it, it just didn't make sense to, to go ahead with it. Got you. Would you recommend the experience to somebody else? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I hear a lot of people say, oh, I wouldn't do it again. But if I if I set up another business, I, I definitely do. I think it's a great experience. It's a um, great way to get your business out and talk about it. We After we got you know, approached by lots of stockists, lots yes. of people know about the brand, which is great. And just from a sort of personal perspective and you know your development as a person, I think it's you know it's, it's huge. I, I used to hate talking in, in in front of a camera or even doing presentations. I think the last present, I think in my life I've only done like two presentations and really? one was an IT lesson when I was fifteen. I remember that was terrible. And then one at, when I was uni with four other people, and I remember I was the weakling and messed up and felt really bad. I think it was a, so. I was well, it must have been twenty. So then to to go and to do this was. Um, you know, in front of cameras and you know, having to remember the pitch, it was it was a bit of a jump into the unknown, and I, you know, I really didn't feel comfortable doing it. But you know, I practiced, 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 and you know, lots of friends helped me, which was great. Um, and yeah, now I, you know, if I'm going to do a pitch or a presentation, then I just don't feel the pressure. It's uh, well, you're not speaking to Peter Jones, are you? Let's exactly, be honest. Exactly. So just for that, just for that reason, sort of going outside your your comfort zone, I'd. Anything you can do to go out of your comfort zone, I think is, is I'd just recommend because next time you do it, it just feels, it feels like a breeze sort of thing. So yes. um, yeah, that was the, probably the highlight for me rather than anything else. It was just, I've actually gone out of my comfort zone and you know, since it, I've, I've just, yeah, it's been hugely huge rewarding really. Fantastic. And yeah, we touched on the future of the business earlier. So um, you're looking at a future fundraise, will that be crowdfunding again or are you looking to go down the more traditional routes? So we'll probably go down the angel route. Okay. Um, so we've we've got um, you know a new chairman um, and we're starting to get an advisory board, um, and uh, they've got a good network and they uh, I think that's the way we want to go. We want to you know get some um, you know people who can really add value. So Crawford is amazing um, to, to to do initial raise with. Um, you get lots of fans of, of the brand, but we you know we really think there could be quite a lot of value if we get a, a couple of angels on board. Sure. So it might be that we, we raise that money, then we also do a little bit on crowdfunding as well. So it'd be maybe a mix, um, which would work probably really well. Um, so that might be something we, we do as well. Um, but they're both great ways of doing it. You know, crowdfunding you know, certainly for a food or drink brand, or even any product brand, I think is is really really good. I think some of the ones. We struggle a bit more and more techie, but for yes. even for you know Monzo and those banking products and stuff like that, they seem to do really well. But what a great way! If you've got a product, you know, something physical and tangible, what a great way to get people to go back and buy your stuff again. Exactly, and people understand it as well, and that's why they like to invest. So it, you know, it is a great way of raising money. Um, you know, from a from a, a perspective of a um, you know a business, um, as, a, as an investor, I've invested in a few brand in companies. You got to be you know, quite wary there as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, it's um, so. So I've invested as well, and you know, using Cedars, and it's a great platform. But you, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly on there. Yeah. Um, one last question in the formal interview stage, and then we'll go on to some rapid fire questions, which are yeah. a bit more fun. Um, what, if anything, would you do differently in your crowdfunding campaign? It's um, a good question. Maybe a better video. We had a super cheap budget video. It okay. Cost, cost four hundred quid. Uh, but right, okay. We managed to. Uh, even with that, we, we you know raised pretty quickly. Um, I've been following crowdfunding for a while. We actually I was involved in a business before, and we did some crowdfunding, which really when it was just when it was starting. Sure. Um, so I knew a bit about the process and sort of questions and sort of I'd been monitoring similar businesses. Um, for a while and the sort of questions in the forums and so I sort of did quite a lot of preparation in terms of 
got my numbers right, got my presentation right, and got all the FAQs as well sure. right. Um, but I guess, yeah, we could have probably done a bit more in terms of the in the, the, the video, um, maybe raised the valuation, seeing some of the companies of, um, you know, getting crazy valuations on crowdfunding, to be honest. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, um, it's an interesting world, crowdfunding. It's, um, I, I dread to think of the zombies that are out there. Yeah. Um, but seeing you here and seeing your chocolate here, I know you're not a zombie, which is, <laughs> which is great to know. So we're going to move on to the rapid fire questions now. And this is really um, for those who are listening, uh, you know, whether on their commute or at home or um, perhaps you know, skiving off and listening on their iPhone. It's for them to get to know you a little bit better. So the first one is, um, and they're fairly standard form questions. James, you've mentioned that you've heard the show, so I'm expecting full preparation for these. Ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you were to set up a mastermind group with yourself and three other people, um, who would you invite into that group? They can be dead or alive, fictional or non-fictional. Masterminds in like the program, or no, no. So mastermind is in a advisory group of people. Advisory group of people. Yes. Um, so we would invite. That's a really good question. Um, it can be fun or it can be serious. It could be any. It could be anybody you from want. A, from, I guess from a business perspective, probably most people go for the likes of Richard Branson. Sure. Um, you know, I really like James Dyson. I think is you know he's incredibly innovative and you know. Is you know everywhere you go now has got a Dyson um, hand dryer or yes. uh, and I think he's, uh, he's we don't really big him up really I think he no. deserves a lot more um, you know, credit for what he's done I was reading uh, that he's setting up a car brand uh, which automatic car, uh, electric car and uh, it's something to do with the batteries isn't it yeah, yeah. he's got some they, technology and they're going to spend like two billion whereas Tesla have gone through you know a hundred times that money yeah. uh, but Dyson's doing it all from his own money so um, that's super exciting so I definitely get him um, so Branson. Yeah, then from a then from a younger perspective, as um, I follow some guy on LinkedIn, he's in charge of the social change, uh, sort of social change. Oh, sorry. Steve Bartlett. Yeah, he's a phenomenal a, guy. Yeah, he seems to have lots of good advice. Yeah, uh, for for young people. So I do follow his advice. I think he's he sounds like a you know up and coming. Um, he's everywhere. Actually. He's uh, he is. Up and I've, um, <laughs> so I, I've I've been fortunate enough to share a stage with him twice, um, and once was sharing a panel discussion, and at the time I think he was twenty three. And I was thinking, my word, if um, if I had half of what you've got between your ears at 23, it would have been dangerous. Yeah. You know, he's um, an inspirational guy, but I think that anybody who's not aware of him should check him out. Absolutely. OK, so... It's like the UK version of... Um Gary Steve, Vaynerchuk. Gary, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Gary, v, Gary yeah. He's, um, yeah, a, a great guy worth checking out. Next question, what, what is the purchase of around 50 quid that you've made over the last six months or so that's made the most impact on your life? Wow, I should have uh, <laughs> prepared for these ones. Uh, it's okay, it could yeah. be the first thing that comes to mind. So 50 quid, uh, yeah. which made a big impact on my life. Uh, about 50, so it could be less, it could be a bit more. Um, that's such a good question. Um, 50 quid, what if I bought recently? I don't really buy much. Okay. Um, I, I really don't know. Um, um, what have people answered? <laughs> I'm curious. So, um, I, I have had all sorts. I have had people who bought devices to stop themselves snoring yeah. so they get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Uh, so, like a, honestly, like a 10 quid clip that they put on their nose. I've had people say, you know, Apple AirPods or noise cancelling headphones. I've had somebody say their accounting software. Uh, don't, yeah, don't, don't even go there on that one. Um, I, I've had all sorts. Um, so, yeah, it's, it could be absolutely anything. 
I think those Air, Air, AirPod things are really good, but they're a bit more expensive, right? But they're, they are. Uh, they're, they're really good. I mean, I use those, but um, I'm a bit stuck with that. Maybe I'll come back to the end. I'm sure I've got something. Uh, no pro- <laughs> no problem. Um, so the whole purpose of that question is for the listeners, if they think, do you know what? I, I'm going to pop out and buy one of those. So, ah, I see, yeah. yeah. So if something comes to mind, just yeah, shout. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the be- best bit of advice you've been given along the way? Uh, best bit of advice I've been given along the way? Uh, I guess it's to follow your instincts. I think a lot of times, I'm probably like many young entrepreneurs, the you know you can meet too many people and um, go for too many coffees with people, and you can listen to different opinions. And I've probably done that before. And you, you know, you go and meet people, and they, everybody's got a different opinion. And you know, you're normally the expert, and you, you're the one who's feeling and doing the business. So it's just you know, go with your gut. I mean, a lot of people you know, say that, and. Uh, yeah, I got to tour that recently. So it's just like rather than you know, meeting all these experts, you, you regard as experts. Actually, you're the expert. You go with your gut and you know, take the business the way you see. It. You don't have to look at anybody else. So I guess I guess that, that's you know the best bit of advice I've had is you know sometimes you can go around and around circles and listen to different people, but in a day you've got to make decisions. So yes. yeah, go with what what you think. Fantastic. Um, if you could go back in time and tell your 18, 21 year old self something, what, what would you tell yourself? 18 year old self, um, you know, I wouldn't tell, you know, a huge amount different. I would have probably, rather than gone into finance and banking where, you know, you're, you're really just, a, when I was in banking, just a, a number um, and you're sort of just, you know, going through the sort of day to day and not really learning much. You would have gone to work for a smaller startup or a smaller business and, you know, really learnt off some people. So for me, I've gone from, you know, huge, you know, banks and pension schemes, um, where you really just do your, do that part of the job. You don't get involved in anything else. Sure. Um, would be good to you know work for a smaller company and like, try and learn off them. I think that'd be you know hugely um, you know interesting and really help me. So okay. maybe maybe. What? Or invest in Bitcoin. I mean, that'd, yes. been, that'd been right oh, wow. 12 years wow. ago. Um, do you know, so there was this guy on my Facebook who, um, Richard Page, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> Rich, Richard was an early advocate of Bitcoin. And wow. um, when I say early, I mean like before even people who are interested in tech knew about Bitcoin. Yeah. He was posting about this stuff and I didn't even research it. It just looked like a load of nonsense to me. Yeah. And yeah. That's one one life regret, I guess, that I've got, but I didn't put two quid ah, into it. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, a couple more questions. The first one is um, about yourself. You know, you've shared quite a bit of your journey about yourself. What's one thing that most people don't really know about you? Uh, don't know about me. Um, I would say it's probably, you know, some other passions in life, I guess. Okay. Um, you know, I like to play sport, I like to run and stuff like that. So stuff like that. I think, you know, being in business, you can, it's very easy to just, you know, just do it all the time. And yes. just, um, you know, just get, you know, don't step out sort of thing. And I, I, I do that. So when I, I try and, you know, go running or, you know, go traveling the world and stuff like that to really to try and do that. So I guess lots of people to see me as, you know, always working and sure. you know, working lots of late hours. But but you do have the outlet. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, you know, I might work at late hours, but I'll, you know, I can go to the gym when I want. So I'll go to now and no, I don't really go that often, but now and again, I'll go for a run at 11 o'clock or, you know, when it's not really busy, go to the gym sort of thing. So uh, just to try and, you know, let off a bit of steam and, to, you know, I think it definitely helps a big, big time. Yes. And finally, um, unless of course, have you have you thought of any purchases yet? 
I literally haven't bought anything no for problem. about no for problem. about a year. <laughs> Maybe uh, a savings account, then. <laughs> yeah, just, I guess I was just trying to think of one when to, uh, you know, I, I just look smart. So like, I think probably some of my purchases when uh, you know when you go to meet people who yes. you know, you've got, you know, it still makes a huge difference with the way you sort of you know turn up. And if you go to a meeting, you're a bit smarter. Then you know sometimes it makes a big difference. Obviously, it depends on who you're meeting and stuff like that. So I think I bought myself some nice uh, chinos. It's a really sad question, isn't it? But but it made me look a bit smarter when I was going to business meetings and stuff like that. But so. Do you know what? Do you know what? There really is something to that. So um, when I was training and actually no, I was so I was a qualified accountant at the time but I was winning work and I was in the early days of what I was doing yeah. um, I won a 200 grand contract okay so 200 grand lifetime value of that is for an accountancy firm probably a couple of million it's yeah that's it's a big deal um, at the time it was a significant slab of the business but at the time I was working for was income um, and you know what I, I genuinely believe made or break uh, made that meeting rather than broke it I forgot my cufflinks Okay, now I could have just got a paper clip and threaded through, but no, I went to Next yeah. and made sure that I bought the nicest cufflinks I could find. Next was the only shop anywhere near, um, and those cufflinks came out at every big meeting afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was um, almost Lucky superstition. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you're, you're absolutely right that if it's a meeting that you're nervous about and you, you feel the need to impress, Sometimes yeah. it is just those chinos or... Yeah, or like I normally just wear jeans everywhere, I'm, you know, in a hoodie or, you know, just a jumper sort of thing. But, um, you know, I don't really wear suits. So just having a smarter version of... A smarter usual, version of self. Yeah, yeah yes. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely helped when you go and meet. Because you just don't know when you're meeting these people. No. Lots of VCs or investors now are super casual or some of them are, you know, dead, you know, really well dressed. So yes. always, you know... Dressed in press, I guess. Uh, absolutely. So nowadays, I iron my T-shirt if I'm meeting someone important. <laughs> okay, so the final question is, um, what book, now it doesn't have to be a business book, but what book has been the most beneficial for you? I, uh, I can answer quite a few ones, but um, just for my business and just because it's, yeah, it's a great book is um, uh, Chocolate Wars by Deborah Cabri. Okay. Um, so she's a relative of mine. I've never actually met her. Um, but she wrote uh, Chocolate Wars, which just goes through the um, how you know when Cabri started, all about their history, and then who who else at the time was um, was was making chocolate, and just you know just all the history behind that, and how the, the brothers were, and it was, it was more history, and I just find it fascinating. It's been really good for me because because of my my you know, I'm doing chocolate, um, but actually going to make that into a like a doc, not a documentary, um, a series like um, on. Netflix. Netflix or I think it's ITV maybe and um, I think that's going to be really really fascinating just learn about the, the early cabaries and how they did business it, I think it really shows how, how they did it really so I think it's, it's a really fascinating book um, and then other, other you know, bio, autobiographies are rare you know, Richard Branson is obviously great for you know, you know how he's promoted his brand and just some of the stunts he did is super fascinating so the, and let's be honest £9.99 is a whole lot cheaper than trying to buy an hour of these people's time exactly exactly but um, yeah, I normally buy actually buy the podcast, not the podcast, the, um, um, the 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 audio version as okay. well. So that's always great when you sort of tired and you're travelling. It just makes it a lot easier. Yes. So I, I like doing that. Brilliant, James. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, where can people find out more about your brand? Uh, you can go to lovecoco.com. Uh, if anybody wants to contact me, I'm james.cabri at lovecoco.com. Um, and yeah, fantastic, James. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. 
Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.